Hey, what's up, tribe? It's Joseph. I want to thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We had a great week this past week, a great gathering. It was charged by the Holy Spirit and really just an awesome prophetic flow and worship. And we talked about the power of connection, about how the first two words in the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, connects us in so many ways, not only to Him as Abba, as Papa God, but also to one another as as brothers and sisters in Christ. So one of the ways that we discuss this is through Revelation 3, where Yeshua is addressing the church of Laodicea just a really cool, unique look into the history and what's actually going on in that uh, passage of scripture and some of the background of Laodicea and very interesting stuff, at least to me. So I hope that you really, really enjoy it. I think it's, it's such a powerful thing that we have in unity with one another. I believe it's, it's what Yeshua talked about in John 17 and really just our, the power of the kingdom body being connected to one another and being unified like the Father and the Son are unified together. We are also unified with them and it makes us stronger. It makes it so that we don't have to walk this walk out alone. And so anyways, I hope that this really encourages you and edifies you and lifts you up and I hope you're having a great week. So be blessed. Let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 8, kind of where we left off uh, the last time that, that I spoke here. And, um, and I'm, I'm really not going to stay in this spot today because I feel like there's some things that basically I'm being allowed to wrap up and to tie, um, kind of pull together. But really this week I've, I, I had this idea, you know, Yahweh has shown us this thing of the blueprint of his ways. And one of the first areas that we're, I feel like he's imparting to us is his wisdom. So I'm like, you know, with wisdom in the Bible, you could, I could do that for the rest of my life is just sit up here and preach out of Proverbs. And every time it says wisdom in the Bible, it's everywhere. And there's all kinds of cool, crazy revelation. But the intention is not to have a series on wisdom, (laughs) And when he puts a, a, a stopping or a pause on, a, on an area, I want to do, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking over myself that I'm going to be sensitive to hear, to, to yield to that sooner than I normally do. And this week, I, I just had this thought, like, I'm, we're going to jump right into Proverbs 8. We're going to keep reading in, in the wisdom talk, and that's going to be that. And I sat down last night, and that was not that. It was just, I mean, and I, and I had written some things throughout the week, but I, but I, I've shared this with you all the time, but Saturday nights is pretty holy for me. I sit down and, um, you know, and I, at our table and I'm, and I'm writing and I'm just hearing, trying to hear what is it that Yahweh wants me? Is there anything specific that I need to go in prepared for? And I'll just write because I believe that's my area to be faithful, but I also have a heart to say whatever, however, whenever, and let him kind of take the floor, however that needs to go. But Last night I sat there trying to, t- trying to write about wisdom and there was nothing there. As Leo always says, nothing. There's nothing there. And I sat there for a while and I even said to Eva, I was like, I just feel like strange. I like have, I really just don't know where I want to go tomorrow. Or, and I, I feel like it should be in wisdom. We've been talking about that. There's so much more to be said, but I just don't feel it. I feel like it just feels like a sermon. And I started to realize that I, that we need to make sure we're sensitive to hear what he wants to talk about and not what we think he wants to talk about. In our own lives, a lot of times we go to him with our need and we don't hear anything back. You know, we go to him with a question and we hear nothing back. And I think that there comes a place, a level of surrender where you go and say, Yahweh, what do you want to talk about? What are you seeing? Because his, his goal here is not for, for uh, to make us just happy and, you know, answer all of our prayers and get everything, you know, hunky-dory. His, his, his goal for us is that we dream like he dreams, that we bring heaven to the culture, that there's more for us than what we can see with our kind of small-mindedness and that's been conformed to this culture. He wants to transform us through his ways and the way that he thinks, the way he sees things. So that's something that I really believe like we need to shift in our thinking is when we go into that place of 
uh, of the secret place. When we ha- like, there does not need to be an aim other than time Amen. with him. There doesn't need to be a, 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 I'm not saying this is just blanket. I'm just saying right now this is what he's speaking to me, so I'm just giving it to you. That, there, that in my time with him, the, the aim is face to face. The aim is, Father, let me just see your face. Let me be in your presence. And through that, you do whatever you need to do in that. And so this week, he's, he's really challenged me on that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in and get through this kind of quick as far as the Proverbs 8 stuff. And then I want to I revisit something um, that I believe he wants to talk about within this tribe. Cool? All right. So Proverbs 8, I'm going to read out of uh, verse 32. Real quick, I, I, was, I was told this, the, uh, the youth, is it a Christmas party, Michael, Paul, Stephanie? Okay, at the Woods house today, at what time? You got the slide so I could look like I know what I'm talking about? Two to four, like I said. Two to four at Michael, Paul, and Stephanie's house. That's for a tribe youth. That is today. So make sure you attend that. And next week, uh, we are going to have, we're just gonna, we're gonna have a regular service there's, you know, there's a lot within that. That's a broad statement. We're not going to have a regular service, but we're going to come together. But we are going to have um, some Christmas things, which are going to be cool and fun. Um, And so I hope that you all can come, bring somebody, be a part. And so there's that. Christmas cookies, I think, will be here. Maybe some hot chocolate. What else can I entice you with? I can tell you. Amen. There we go. Glory to God. So anyways... Like I said, Proverbs 8. Let's jump in there. Verse 32 says this. So listen, my sons and daughters, to everything I tell you, for nothing will bring you more joy than following my ways. Uh, I'm going to go over something a little bit later that, that I really feel is, is a now word for, to, for, for this house, but but I spoke it a, a, a while back and I went back to kind of rehearse some of these things. When I started the service, I'm just going to, I'll say ben, ben had a vision this, in this house and he said that Yahweh is handing a blueprint to us. And when he gave us this blueprint, it was from the, the cloud of witnesses where everybody was handing this blueprint to me in this tribe. And on that blueprint said ways. That's it not some big, huge roadmap. It just said ways. And so that's really been our focus and our aim in some of the things that I've been speaking and hearing from Holy Spirit as it pertains to this house. One of the things that I said as I'm going back and listening to this message, I started off, Benjamin, I haven't even talked to you about this. I started off speaking. I said, I just feel that Yahweh is about to give us a blueprint. It's funny because if you go back and you listen to some of the things that have been spoken in this house, a lot that we're going through right now makes a whole lot of sense. And you can kind of go, yeah, we should have seen this coming. We should have known this was, and it gives you strength and stability to walk in the things you're seeing today, knowing that his word surely will come to pass. And so he, he, I'm, I'm speaking and I say, I I believe he's, he's giving us a blueprint. And I don't know why. Maybe that was uh, the kingdom language of the day. That was probably two years ago. Maybe that was a, a kingdom buzzword. But I believe it just came out of my spirit. And now it's coming, to, it's coming into fruition through Benjamin's prophetic vision as he sees this. And, he, and it, Holy Spirit just directs us. It's not our job to try to steer this ship. It's just our job to raise the sail and let him take us where we need to go. So it says, so listen, my sons and daughters, to everything I tell you, for nothing will bring you more joy than following my ways. For nothing will bring you more joy than following my ways. Listen to my counsel, for my instruction will enlighten you. You'll be wise not to ignore it. Now, for those of you that don't know about when we read out of Proverbs 8, I don't know if I prefaced this, but I'm, this is wisdom that is speaking. In Proverbs 8, she is speaking to us. 
So once again, so listen, my sons and daughters, to everything I tell you, for nothing will bring you more joy than following my ways. Listen to my counsel, for my instruction will enlighten you. You'll be wise not to ignore it. If you wait at wisdom's doorway, longing to hear a word for every day, joy will break forth within you as you listen for what I'll say. Let that sit. Hear this. If you wait, what's wait mean? We're on the dance. Everybody knows that because David. (laughs) We're on the dance. Bind together and to stand on tiptoe in that anticipation, expectation of what he's going to do. So this scripture of wisdom really encapsulates all of that where we think of waiting, because waiting in the natural in this world actually makes you weary and makes you tired and sick and like, my gosh. But waiting in the kingdom, the Bible says it strengthens us. That if we wait on the Lord, He'll renew our strength. And so there's such a shifting in the way that we think about waiting. Well, it hasn't happened yet. Wait. Wait on the Lord. Wait to hear what He'll say. When we were sitting here this morning and I said, be still and know. You don't need the answer right now. You need the waiting. You need a grid to be able to sit and just know. I know I don't see it right now, but I can let go of time. And like Bryn said last week, he can renew time if he needs to. You sit in anticipation of what will happen. This starts to develop an inside joy that is unmatched. Not a joy of like Christmas. You know, not like that, that superficial joy that is just an experience or something good happens. Those things are great. It's joy. But when he talks about, I come that you might have my joy and my peace, those things are supernatural. Those things are divine. Those things are from heaven, and they don't feel or look or respond the same way that the things of the world do. And so when we cry out for joy, understand that the joy that we get surpasses complete understanding. The peace we get surpasses all understanding. It's joy unspeakable, full of glory. It is, it is not like anything we've ever experienced. So if you're not happy, you can still have joy. And from that inner joy comes outward happiness. So we have to start with the inside. It says, if you wait at wisdom's doorway, longing to hear a word for every day, joy will break forth within you as you listen for what I'll have to say, not for what I said. You see that? If you wait at wisdom's doorway, longing to hear a word for every day, joy will break forth within you as you listen for what I'll have to say, though I haven't said it. I referenced it when I was praying this morning about thank you, Yeshua. It just keeps getting brought back to my attention because I've just been rehearsing it of the time where I was, I was just really empty and lost. And I don't, didn't really have a reason to be that way. It was just probably the closest that I've ever been to actual natural depression, and I did not know why. And I remember my, my cry in that time was, Yahweh, help me. Tell me what is going on. Help me. And the answer that came was just in the form of Yeshua sitting next to me on the... (laughs) Came in the form of Yeshua... sitting literally (laughs) in my mind, in my spirit, literally next to me in my seat, and I could not, I, I I would be driving, and I could not drive anymore. I would pull off on the side of the road. I remember calling Chris Woods one time and saying, man, you might have to come get me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. And I, to the point that I had to say, (laughs) Yeshua, I can't even function. Like you can't, 
But all of a sudden I realized he, he, he came and visited me in a time that I needed joy. And I left a moment of, of tears and not knowing what's going on. Didn't know what the answer, but inside of me, all of a sudden there were some solutions, some answers, and he plugged me into his life-giving, river-flowing source of him. And I'm so thankful today. But it wasn't necessarily what he said, it was just his presence. For the fountain of life pours into you every time that you find me, and this is the secret of growing in the delight and favor of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. So the thing I want to tie up real quick is I know that as we read Proverbs 8, there's a lot of, uh, there can be confusion in the sense of, of, well, okay, we've got Yahweh, we're supposed to seek his face. We got Yeshua. I guess we're supposed to seek his face. And now we've got wisdom that we're supposed to knock at the door. Like what, what, which one do we do which day? And this is where we get lost in so much just junk. This is where people create theologies that are not founded in truth. But it, it was something that Yahweh spoke to them and instead of just sitting with it and not needing to understand it, they forced themselves into understanding and made this rule book for people to follow. And it never became life. It never became truth. It never became powerful because they weren't willing to sit with the word. And all we really need to know, this is the beautiful thing about how Yahweh started this four years of this ministry so far, has been one thing have I desired of the Lord. And we don't have to go into this place of, well, Yahweh, uh, commander of angel armies, and um, Lord, I think, or is that because the, the Lord is, that's actually Yahweh in scripture, but you, king, well, Yeshua's king. Uh, it's not that thing. There's a scripture that says he guides us with his loving eye meaning that you, you don't have to have everything figured out. As a good father, he will guide you with his loving eyes. And the truth is, as you seek his face, you seek relationship. It is a singular, they are three in one. And you don't have to be focused on all these little things. I, but I, but I, I'll tell you this, that Yeshua is always the gateway. So when we walk in relationship with Yeshua, he is the one that will authorize wisdom to come out from behind his leg like little Ellie. He is the one that authorizes wisdom. He is the one that it is his desire to give us the gifts of the kingdom. And so through Yeshua, through our union and our joining with him, all of these things are going to start to just be gifts. It's not really necessarily, it's, this is wisdom's description of what's taking place, but at the end of the day, all we need to be focused on is the one thing, setting aside time to just be in His presence. Whose presence? His. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And let him impart whatever he needs to impart. What he's telling us through wisdom of his ways is that, hey, I'm handing you the blueprint of my ways. Within that is the gift of wisdom, which comes through my Holy Spirit. You don't have to understand that. It's called a gift. <laughs> you know? I don't need you to approach it the right way. I don't need you to bow a certain way. I don't need you to come in and play this song at this time for this many minutes. I just want you to have a grid and a desire to walk in full relationship and connection with me. And that, through that, all things will be answered. So I want to make sure when we read about these things, we never get confused because I remember when we first started this thing, when we, we were out there and the whole one thing have I desired came out. And it's because I believe there's going to be people that come in here that maybe don't know as much as you know or have as much experience as you experience, but they can plug in through a one-thing mentality. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone off into Neverland trying to understand these things and get lost. There's always a way back home. One thing. One thing. So... This is where I'm going to go today. That's, we'll, we'll put it, there is wisdom in everything that we talk about, but I want us to allow that seed to grow within our hearts of wisdom. I, I still encourage you to read Proverbs 8. I still encourage you to st try to understand, let understanding come, but 
But here's, there's a scripture in, in Proverbs that says wisdom builds the house. Remember, we're called to be builders, that we're building upon a foundation, that this, we are called to be builders. And it says that wisdom builds the house, but understanding establishes it. What that says to me is that there's certainly a difference between wisdom and understanding, but guess what comes first? Wisdom. Not that you understand the process to build. We're in a place where Yahweh tells us to give $80,000. We gave $80,000. And he gives someone a a, a car. (laughs) I, I would never design that or think that up or think that was a purpose. And maybe it's not the whole purpose. And maybe that was it. We just say, yes, so wisdom is going to start to build this house. And as we have experiences and he comes in and he sits with us, he starts to build understanding within us and that starts to establish the house. And knowledge, which is actual experience, things that we've actually walked through and have been established in our hearts through this building, will start to become the pearls within this house, the treasures that are just incredible, that the Noahs and the Coopers and the guys that I was talking about today, the Davids, these guys start to really be impacted by the knowledge that we experience through his divine wisdom, divine understanding, and ultimately divine knowledge. I got to stop. I keep going back to the wisdom thing. We're going right here. There's, there's two words that are, that are in the Bible that I think are one of the most powerful, revelatory, important, significant words that we could ever, ever understand and read. And I don't think that even if we think we understand, we don't quite understand. And it's just two words. It just teaches. I'm not going to get to I can only get one, one word out, apparently. Teach us how to pray. Our Father. Those two words is such a connection, such power, such incredible stability in the idea of our Father. Because one thing it says is that we have Yahweh Almighty God, and now He's our Father, our Papa, our Abba. It also reveals the nature of Yeshua who allows us to stay in that place with him, to share in that place, in that union, in that joining with his father is now your father. And that's a revelation of the nature of Yeshua. And then for us here on earth and in walking in this life, you cannot say our father without knowing that we're all joined and connected. If all these people and all this racial divide and all these political divides and all of these things could come to the revelation of our Father, so many things would fall into place. We have a common union, no matter if we differ in in beliefs. Really, the reason that we walk together in this tribe is not because I like all of you. I like all of most of you. I'm just kidding. No, I, I, I do. I love, I love all of you in this room, but the reason I love you is not because I agree with everything that we do in here and that everything you do and everything that you, the way you live your life, choices you make. But I believe that all of us here are focused on the one thing and all of us believe that he is our father. And so you are my mother and you are my brothers because we follow the voice of Yahweh together. And I trust Holy Spirit within you so that if he directs your life a little bit different than how he directs my life, I can still say amen and I trust you and I believe in you. And the reason that we're brought together is because there's Christ in me just like there's Christ in Jonathan. There's Christ in me, just like there's Christ in Samuel and Kaylee, in Buddy and Mary Catherine and Shirley, and all of us. And the kingdom is not about isolation, the kingdom is about family. The kingdom is about union. He sets the lonely in families. There's a scripture that says he leads us out of things as sheep, but he brings us into the wilderness as a flock. There are things that we're walking through 
There are wildernesses that he's taking us into, that he has taken us through, that we're currently walking in, that you weren't designed to walk in based on your, uh, your studies and what Google says about it and what WebMD says about it. And why do I feel this way? Get around a brother and a sister that you were joined to, that Yahweh designed you to walk with and let the Christ in them become joined with the Christ in you to represent and express the fullness of the Godhead within you. I am not Mark, I'm not Mark, I am not Joseph fully without my joining with Eva. I'm a, I'm a shell of what I was designed to be. I'm, I'm not Joseph without meeting Ricky, who I just recently met, apparently for the third time. I apologize. <laughs> but <laughs> he said it's okay. It's waiting for that. But I'm not fully me without joining myself to you. That doesn't mean we have to go out to lunch all the time and hang out and do all that kind of stuff. It just means that Yahweh brought Ricky here. Ricky told me when, when I met him for the third time over here, he said, you know, I, I came here with Samuel. Samuel kept trying to get me to, to come and, and I kind of put it off. And then uh, one day I came and I fell in love with this place. And what he said was not that his emotions fell in love with this place. What he's, what he's saying is that his spirit fell in love and recognized that there's something about this people, there's something about this place that makes me more me than I am currently. And that's what takes place in my own life. I'm unrecognizable to people that used to know me that haven't met me or seen me in a long time. Unrecognizable. People, people are, he's a pastor? And sometimes that's embarrassing, but really it's right. It, it's, it's a testimony that something can completely change in your entire DNA. The way you used to look, the way you used to sound, the things you used to do can change when you meet a man named Yeshua. And you step into the anointing you're called to. And that does not, I don't fully step into that without all of you. Truly, without all of you being exactly who you're designed to be, who you're called to be, hearing Holy Spirit, how he speaks to you, and us walking this thing together. So if you're going through something that is really deep and, is, and you're struggling with it, whether it be health or anything else, family, find somebody within this tribe or that Holy Spirit has joined you up to and share your burden with them. Walk it out together because you're not designed to walk this life alone. And you don't have the answer within you. So let's look at this, uh, this scripture that you know very well. It's Proverbs 8. It's a joke. What did not land. Okay, let's go on to uh, John 15. I'm reading now the New King James Version. I love the Passion, but sometimes New King James just does it better. <laughs> you say amen. <laughs> 15 says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Mm, I could sit there on that all day for my own life. Things are getting good. Things are, I'm, I'm growing like there's fruit coming and then all of, a sudden, some, all of a sudden something takes place that seems to kind of prune that back. We got to embrace that because he does that so that we may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So here's where I want to get to. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I like how, how straight up this, this passage of Scripture is. There's no like, there's no sugarcoating it. It says that at, basically as sons and daughters, you will do nothing. It will be as if you were thrown into the fire and nothing takes place in your life unless you join yourself to me. And I love the word abide. 
because there's no responsibility other than just abiding. There's no answer other than abiding. There's no, there's no solution other than abiding, other than being plugged in, other than being connected. And I think a lot of times what we look for as human beings, as natural people, is we want to be included. We want to have worth. We want to have purpose. We want to immediately be able to play music. We want to immediately be able to speak. We want to immediately be able to be buds. And, and all of these things are our prerequisites to saying that we're connected when really he says first get connected and abide and then inclusion takes place. In my own life, I can tell you this. This is my experience. Is that with Apostle Damon, that man has walked with most of these sons for years and all of a sudden, here comes me, who I had, I never thought I was going to do this, and, I, and, I, and Yahweh equipped me and started to direct me into these, these places. To, to, he started to show me ways that I'm, that to, to, to grow and to be in this thing and to, and to be fully who I'm supposed to be. And, and, and the first, one of the first people he joined us up to was Apostle Damon Thompson. And I had no idea. I didn't even think I needed that. I didn't even think that was, there was purpose in that. I like him. It was great, whatever. But then we had to go through this process of like, here's all these guys like know each other, hanging out and our buddy, buddy at these Carolina revivals and they're nice to us. But I, I'm like, how do I even, how, how, how can I be a part? And if they're going up to, for prayer, am I supposed to go up here for prayer? And what am I supposed to do? And I don't, I don't know what this is supposed to look like. And Yahweh is just saying, I just need you to be connected. I don't need you to be included. I don't need you to have a place. I don't need you to feel good. I don't need you to feel like Apostle Damon is showing you favor or thinks good about you. I don't need any of those things to take place. I just need you to be connected. I just need you to abide and let growth start to take place. And through that decision that we've made that wasn't easy, we've had some of the most impactful things that have happened to this house come through that relationship. And it's only the beginning. And I don't agree every time. I really don't. I don't agree every single time. I don't need to agree every single time. You're not going to agree with me every single time. And you don't need to agree with me every single time. If, like Ricky, Holy Spirit led you to a place whether it be through a person or just the drawing of the Spirit, like Kimmy, and like I remember Kate, uh, who we have beautiful June now. It, she came to a place where she just walked in and she saw that above the, above the fireplace in the ark, it said, home. That she has, she, the people she came with are no longer here, but she is. And now she has a husband and she has a glorious, beautiful daughter that you can't look at without smiling. Yahweh through connection, and she, it, was, it was tough for her. She wanted, she had been a part of other churches that she felt like she should, you know, we should have more stuff and like, how do I connect? And he's just saying, connect by coming, by being faithful. Be faithful and abide and then watch what I'll do. You know what I mean? Kimmy, you're one too. Kimmy's walked in here. She has every right, about to go to the microphone. She has every right and every reason to leave right now. It would, it would be, it would be, maybe easier naturally. But Yahweh told grace, told grace to abide. He said, stay connected. And the end is definitely not written. It's just starting. Fruit will surely come out of this. Let's read the rest of this. Abide in me and I in you as a branch, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Say that with me. For without me, you can do nothing. I said that wrong. Repeat after me. Oh, praise you, Yahweh. For without me, you can do nothing. Worked much better. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. I know I keep saying one of the most powerful words in the Bible, one of the mo- but one of the most powerful words in the Bible is if. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. You understand what that statement is saying? It's saying that, that the, the evidence of his glory coming to this earth is that you bear fruit. That you, have ex- that you experience the desires of your heart. He wants that to take place in our lives. He wants that to take place in our lives. And he says that if you will abide in me and my words will abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my, what? These things I have spoken to you that my may remain in you and that your may be full. I love it. I mean, I just, it's just so amazing. We're not meant to walk in depression and, and, health issues and family issues and financial stress that is not how we're meant to walk it might be the reality right now but that's not the design and if that's not the design there's always a way back to the original design through abiding and part of the way that we abide is through joining through this through coming together, through being faithful, that we are joined to one another and use each other as a source and as a resource to lift each other up, to join together, to bind together, and to worship Yahweh together. There is such significance and power in the tribe. The tribe kills the spirit of the nomad destroys it and people that think they can just go out and wander around by themselves that's fine until they come into this glory and realize this is the original design how do you know that well I do know that some Pharisee came up to Yeshua one time and tried to try him like he always does I don't know why they kept doing that but they came up to Yeshua and they said what is the greatest commandment And he said, love your God with all your mind, your spirit, and your soul. Love him with everything within you. And they're like, oh, that checks off. Yeah, sure. He goes, oh, yeah, and one more. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Our Father. You cannot walk this thing alone. You can love Yahweh all you want and still not be walking in the fullness of what you were designed to walk in. You can not be walking in the full joy you were designed to walk in. You might think you can do it. You might think you can go through secret struggles. You might think that time will heal this thing. I'm telling you, no, he's looking for you to join yourself up to someone else who carries that thing, the Holy Spirit, that your, your spirits are drawn together. And he wants you to share in, in, uh, in, in healing through, through unity, through people. So I'm going to read this. This is where I finally am getting to as far as this connection deal and what I said I wanted to rehearse. And this comes from uh, Mike LaMonica, my good pal, hunting buddy, and just all around amazing man. And he was in my office the other day, and he reminded me of this revelation that I had shared a couple years ago. And it's, it comes from Revelation. So, you know what, I'm just going to read this and then we'll, we'll kinda, I'll, I'll kind of go from there. I'm going to read part of this. This is Revelation 3.14. You should bring your Bibles. It fills that quiet space. <laughs> but I know this is pretty easy and cool. Sometimes I have my Bible and I still look at that. 14 says this. I'm going to start in 13. I'm sorry. 
He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is what Yeshua is speaking through John to Laodicea. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And for, and if you remember this revelation, great. Hear it again and just let it sit. Because this is, I'm telling you, this is what Yahweh's been speaking to me about connection and about the joining of the tribe. And I just feel like it's maybe some mortar on a brick that needs to start to help build this place. And we just need to embrace this. But I've always known, had had always known this to be, well, either be good or be bad, but just don't be in the middle. Like, either live for the Lord or don't live for the Lord, but don't say you live for the Lord and kind of be a little bit lukewarm, which causes people to be miserable because they're like, you know what? Sometimes I'm feeling it and sometimes I'm not. And it's not that my heart doesn't want to be on fire and everything, but I, I just, I'm, I'm going through some things and they feel, well, then you're, you're getting vomited out of his mouth. But let me read this to you. Laodicea, back, back story here, they had just experienced a major, major earthquake that destroyed their city. And though they were offered help, Laodicea said no because we were wealthy and we can build it on our own dime. So in all their glory and all their might, they rebuilt Laodicea. And listen to this. The large population and extensive textile industry in Laodicea required an ample water supply. The three major cities around the valley, Laodicea, Colossae, and Herapolis, all uh, all had distinct water sources. Laodicea piped water from the mountains to the south. After six miles in an aqueduct, the water arrived lukewarm with a gritty concentration of calcium carbonate. Colossae was tucked into the foot of the Mount Honaz, where cold mountain runoff water poured down to supply the city with fresh water. Erapolis was positioned on, on a magnificent hot springs that emitted mineral-rich waters attracting visitors from all over Asia to its therapeutic baths. All three cities lie around the Lycus River, but their water supplies distinguish them. Whereas Erapolis had hot water beneficial for therapeutic purposes and Colossae had cold water for refreshing drink, Laodicea's piped water was best suited for the textile industry or flushing the city's plumbing system. If you ingested the water, it would function as, a, as an emetic causing you to vomit. So Yeshua is speaking directly to Laodicea. And what he's talking to them about is that you feel like you can do this thing on your own. You think you have everything figured out, but I have supplied to, your, to your, both sides the things that you need really to help rebuild your city, to strengthen your city, but because you are so hell-bent on doing everything yourself, you make me vomit you out of my mouth. Let's read the rest of, of, of Revelation. Let's read back through the beginning. And to the la- uh, this is 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold nor, or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me, listen to this, I counsel you to buy from me gold, refined in fire. They were rich in gold, that you may be rich. And white garments, they were wealthy in the textile industry, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and to anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. 
they had an eye salve that they got from scraping the tops of of rocks, mixing it with this mineral water that they had, and it became this medical advancement because it would take the bacteria out of your eyes and people could see all of a sudden. So what is he saying here? He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit, <clears throat> the Spirit says to the churches. It changes the whole scripture, changes the whole story. It's not him saying, I wish that you would either be full on fire for God or not on fire for me at all. You just don't stay right in the middle. What he's saying is that I've plugged you into families and you can't walk this walk by yourself. And even the things that you are successful in, excuse me, even the things that you are successful in, even the things that you've prospered in, even the things that are bearing fruit in your life, I'm going to prune those things back until you ask and get them from directly from me. Abide in me and I in you that you might have fullness of joy, that you might have fullness of resources, that you might have fullness of wealth. Wisdom will bring wealth. Wisdom's meant to bring prosperity, and it's not a prosperity message, but you are not meant to walk in depression and loneliness and all of these health issues and all these marriage issues. We were not designed to be that. We were designed to be Yahweh's kingdom people, and Yeshua is the gateway to that. So I feel this this morning that we need to reconnect. (laughs) There's a purpose in us getting here at 930. There's a purpose in us praying together. There are things, Benjamin, that I can get in, the, in my alone time with Yahweh that I can't get in here. But there are things in here that I can only get here and not with my me for and no more, as Benjamin always says, my secret place, only me stuff. I need you guys. You need each other. And we need to strengthen these bonds together. And we're going to do that in days to come. But I believe walking into this new year, that's going to be one of the things that's going to be the focus is that binding together. Yahweh's going to start to bind us together in miraculous, cool, amazing ways. So I'm excited about that. Again, I'm going to let this sit. I don't really know why. It's just meant to come right now. Like we have to put this pause on wisdom and jump into connection. But I truly believe that he is speaking to us about abiding. I'll, uh, I want to say. <clears throat> Zach, I don't know if I, I can't remember exactly the words I said. But I believe it's something like when you started your real estate company, you weren't even there that day, I don't think. You had started your real estate company, and I said, uh, I like was prophesying from, from over here, it was right in the very beginning of stuff, and I said, I said, Zach, you're going to be the richest man in Bay County. And your, your, your real estate company is going to be the most successful real estate company that this place has ever seen. Zach shared with me, I don't know if I'm allowed to share with this, but you know what, Zach, sometimes it just happens. You don't want to be shared up here, don't, don't share it with me. <laughs> they are currently this year the number two real estate in all of Bay County. <laughs> if we'll go back and believe the words that are spoken, we'll see why we got where we got. Got to believe the words. But I'll say this also to you, Zach, is, is as I read this, I see you. He's made you wealthy in areas 
but he's calling you. I feel like I do this to you a lot, Zach, and I'm sorry, but maybe you're just not getting it. <laughs> but he's calling you. He, he, you. Don't limit yourself to what you see right now. This, what you've done, is possible. He's calling you to impossible. But the only way that you're getting to impossible is by abiding in him and you letting him be your source and not your knowledge. You're, you letting him be your source and not your experience. I'm telling you, he's going to start to do some things within you that's going to impact all of us, not just you, but all of us. And so I know you know that, and I'm just reaffirming it within you, but I, but I, I, say, I speak that over you, and I speak that over just this house. Everything that we're walking in, think of those things that you're good and feel like come naturally, release them. Let it be pruned back. David, you're a great musician. Stop being a great musician. Start to be David, a miraculous musician, one that is so on fire for the Lord that cannot do anything except praise him 24-7, day and night, that he establishes a temple with billions of dollars in today's money to make sure that it is constantly going. That is impossible, and that's what you're called to, not the realm of possibility. Don't be upset if you're not getting gigs around town. You are designed for more than gigs. So I speak that over this house, that we were designed for more than what the world can give. Give us that grid to just experience you, the impossibilities. Let us not settle. Let us not settle for second best, but dream big dreams of impossibilities that only those that will abide in him can build. That only those that can abide in him will build thing. I, I just speak that we offer our gifts and our anointings back to you, Yahweh, and we exchange them for a new burden that is light and easy. We exchange them for your heart. We exchange our needs for what you want to see in this earth. We say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. That's our heart. That's our cry. Father, our Father, our Father, our Father. Unify us, Father. Unify us through communion, through our communion with your Son, Yeshua. Let it be done in this house. Amen. Amen. All right. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to the Tribe Podcast. To learn more about us, please visit our website at tribechurch.com.